Wow. Great job, Christy. Karsten. Oh, come on. Man, how many of you are sick of that song? Gosh, and I'm looking at you parents. I have three kids, three and under, so I'm pretty Brunoed out at this point, you know? That song, We Don't Talk About Bruno, is of course the breakout song from the hit Disney movie Encanto. It went double platinum in the United States alone, and it ascended to the number one spot on Billboard's Global 200 in the week of January 28th through February 3rd of this year. That in just that one week, We Don't Talk About Bruno was streamed 69.3 million times. That's over 4,158,000 hours or almost 475 years of We Don't Talk About Bruno played on continuous loop in just one week. Now, to be honest, considering how tired I am of hearing it, that sounds about right. Now, the movie Encanto is about a family who is granted miraculous powers after experiencing a tragic loss. Each of the children and grandchildren are given incredible strengths that wow and impress their friends. But then there's Bruno. He's the odd one out. He can see into the future, and unsurprisingly, the future isn't always what the family wants it to be. His gift forces them to confront these uncomfortable truths that they just don't want to hear. To them, Bruno's visions of the future shatter the perfect image of themselves that they want everyone else to see. And so they just don't talk about Bruno. This family has no idea how to deal with something that doesn't fit into the narrative that they want everyone else to believe. So they ignore it. They, they sweep it under the rug. They they, they try to hide it until the stress, the anxiety, and the pressure just builds and it becomes overwhelming. And in trying to control everything, they almost lose it all. The reality is everyone in the family is going through struggles and stresses. You know, there's, every one of them has weaknesses and they're just trying to hide them. And if we're being honest, the truth is we all have our Brunos. We all have stresses and struggles problems and weaknesses that we feel pressured to hide or ignore. And the problem is when we don't admit our Brunos, all those problems and stresses become unbearable. The more we try to control everything, the more worry, anxiety, and fear control us. But if we could just realize that we have a God who is well acquainted with all of our Brunos. There's nothing that he doesn't know. Uh, he knows our struggles, our faults, our failures, and he still loves us just the same. We could be free of the burden of feeling like we have to control everything. We could experience peace when everything around us just seems crazy. In this series, we're looking at the 23rd Psalm. And last week, my brother Ryan introduced this series, and today I want us to really dig in and see how the good shepherd wants to lead us to a place free of worry, fear, and secrets. So would you stand in honor of God's word? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. 
He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your word. And it's so good to know that we have a God who wants to lead us to a place of peace, free of worry and of stress. Speak through me clearly so that when we leave here today, we do so with a better understanding of who you are, of how good you are, and just how much you love each and every one of us. And in your mighty name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So the most important part of the 23rd Psalm is how it starts. The Lord is my shepherd. It doesn't say, I'm the shepherd, I shall not want. You know, the reason we find ourselves wanting all the time, overwhelmed with worry and stress is when we don't talk about our Brunos and when we try to control everything is because we're trying to be our own shepherd. We are the sheep. We forget that we're the sheep and he's the shepherd. And we keep trying to switch roles with God. You were never meant to be the shepherd. It's so easy to forget that. You were created to have a good shepherd who will lead you to green pastures. In the middle of life's most stressful circumstances, he wants to take care of you. Now, sheep are totally dependent on the shepherd. David, who wrote this chapter, of course, was a shepherd. He knew that without a shepherd, a sheep couldn't last for more than a few days. And really, we can't last for more than a few days without our shepherd. But man, we don't like to be sheep. There's, we don't like being told what to do. There's, there's just something in our flesh that just bristles when anyone tries to, to shepherd us. You know, even if it's, for our own good. Before I got married, my laundry was always in piles on the floor. And I never made the bed, and you could just say that tidiness was not really high on my priority list. And seven years into marriage, I still don't understand why in our, on our bed we have all these giant, fancy, fluffy pillows that I can't squish or lay down on, that I have to bulldoze off the bed every night, you know? Or that why some of our towels are our just for looks towels. Does anyone else deal with that? Like, like it's some sort of social faux pas to dry your hands on them? It's like, why are they even there? I just walk around like feeling like an idiot with wet hands. And, and it's so frustrating. But early on in our marriage, it really bothered my wife how disorganized our room was. And so she would patiently, lovingly, repeating, repeatedly ask me, please don't leave your laundry on the floor. You know, please make the bed. And at first I would half-heartedly, you know, pick up everything and try to hide it away and, because it's not that big of a deal, right? It's just laundry. And my wife is a very reasonable, easygoing person. It's not like she's obsessive about anything. She likes things clean, but she's reasonable. It seemed like a, an okay thing to ask. But man, as the days went by, I got more and more frustrated as I picked up my ball of wrinkled clothing off the floor and, and just thinking to myself, this is ridiculous. You know, why does this even matter? I don't have time for this. I'm already late for work because I slept in, you know? And I never ask her about her laundry. You know, I never tell her to make the bed. And I realize how childish all this is, by the way. You know, I, I, I finally one day, she brought up cleaning our room again, and I just had it, and I blurted out, look, I'm totally fine with living in squalor, 
And we never have that conversation, all right? Like, how come, how come I'm the one who has to change? How come my traits are undesirable? Like, I thought I was being pretty low maintenance. I'm not asking for help. I'm not demanding that she does my laundry. You know, she doesn't even have to clean up. I love her no matter what. Like, in fact, I should have said that in our vows. Kelly Ann Ingram, I promise you that no matter how high or filthy my pile of laundry gets, I will never, ever ask you to do it for me. I mean, that's love. But then Kelly just laughed at me and said, hey, you chose me. Like, I could try to spin that every which way. I could try to quote a Bible verse or something and make it spiritual, but at the end of the day, I just don't like being told what to do. I want to do what I want, when I want to do it, and when it makes sense. I I mean, that's just pride. My sweet wife is just trying to put out the dumpster fire that she married, and, and I'm just like, let me burn, please. The reason we keep trying to be our own shepherd is pride. And that pride keeps us from experiencing God's peace. One of the biggest indicators in my own life of when pride starts to creep up is when I start grasping for control. You know, I I start trying to control my finances or control of my job and relationships, control of my schedule. I stop leaving margin in those things for for, for God to work because I start to think, God, look, you just don't understand all the bills we have this month, okay? Or I start filling my schedule to a point where I, it's just not healthy. I start feeding myself the lie that, look, all these things have to be done, and I'm the only one who can do it, all right? And as those lies creep in, my pride starts to grow. You know, maybe I could handle it, handle it a little bit better one month, and so... I get a little bit bolder the next. I need to acknowledge that I'm just a sheep. I don't really know what I want. I don't really know what's good for me. I don't know when it's time to rest or where the green pastures are. I have to stop trying to be something I'm not and I just have to surrender my pride. I need to admit that I'm a sheep who needs a shepherd. And when I do that, I start to rest in God's care and all my worries start to evaporate. Often though, the real reason that we struggle with surrendering our pride is because there are times when we just doubt if God is really good. In John 10, 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Did you get that? He's not just the shepherd, he's the good shepherd. But, but how do we reconcile that when there are inevitably times in our lives when things just aren't good? Like life is full of hardships and pain and there are times when things are just bad. And in those moments, it's easy, us, easy for us to doubt if God is good. You know, we ask ourselves like, God, are you even aware of what's going on? Do you even care? Are you really listening to me? Just because things are bad and bad things happen, it doesn't mean that God's not good. We just can't see the big picture. My youngest daughter, Charlotte, we call her Lottie, um, she used to be terrible about taking medicine, especially when she was sick. And I know a lot of kids are bad at this, but this girl is so stubborn, okay? 
Now, Mary Love, our three-year-old, I'm actually a little worried about because she will just down Motrin like it's nothing. Like, she will just pound it down and like, she'll just ask for it in the morning because mornings are hard. Like, you know, like, she'll, she'll, it's like the hair of the dog for her. She'll just stumble out of bed, her hair's all crazy, and she'll be like, Daddy, I need some big girl medicine. And I'm like, well, are you sick? She just goes, I don't know. I feel for that girl. You know, I'm not a morning person either, so I feel her pain. I just want to get her a cup of coffee or something. I don't, I don't think her mom would like that too much. But, but Lottie hates taking medicine. Even that delicious bubblegum-flavored antibiotic that we still wish that we got prescribed instead of those giant pills, you know? That stuff is delicious. I have it all the time, but Lottie hates it. Even that she doesn't like. And it's just pitiful. She'll refuse to take anything, and she'll cry and spit, and it just breaks our hearts. One time, Lottie had strep throat, and my wife and I had to hold her down screaming, just trying to give her medicine just one drop at a time. And she would just yell over and over and over again, stop, stop, daddy, no, stop it. You know, her throat already feels awful. She's hardly drunk anything all day. She's dehydrated. And when she's at her lowest, the one person she would go to for comfort is ignoring her cries and holding her still. As she goes through the one thing she doesn't want to go through, you know, to her, this, abs- this just absolutely makes no sense. Like, don't you get it? I'm in pain. It hurts to swallow. That's the one thing I don't want to do. Why aren't you helping me do something? Make it stop. I know you can stop it. But even if I told Lottie in that moment what was happening, it wouldn't matter. My wife is a pharmacist. She, she could have explained to our daughter in, in, in minute detail exactly how amoxicillin works at a cellular level to combat the infection in her body, but she didn't. It's not because she doesn't care about her. It's because she's two years old. You know, it's, if she was given an explanation, it wouldn't matter. And, and to be honest, that's not even what she was asking for or, or even what she really wanted. But Lottie isn't going to be a toddler forever. You know, we were all made for eternity. But while we're on this earth, we might as well be just a bunch of two-year-olds trying to understand molecular biology. One day, Lottie probably won't even remember being sick. One day, she will understand why all that happened. It will make perfect sense why she had to take antibiotics for a bacterial infection. She will forget the temporary pain and she'll see the bigger picture. But as her dad, I will never forget that moment. It didn't matter to me that I had perspective that my daughter did not. All I wanted to do was comfort her. All I ever, all I want to do is just hold her and and love her. I, I love that girl. You know, there are times when God does not seem good and I don't understand it. One day, from the perspective of eternity, I may understand why I go go through horrible temporary pain, but today I know I can trust that my heavenly Father is good. Let's look look back at the second part of John 10, 14. Jesus says, I know my sheep, and my sheep 
know me. The more we get to know Jesus, the more we discover his goodness. The better I know, the better I know him, the easier it is to trust that he is good, even when I don't understand it. David was a really good shepherd. And in Psalm 23, he tells us what a good shepherd does. First, a good shepherd provides for the sheep. You know, sheep don't even know how to find a good place to graze. After they eat everything in a certain area, they'll go right back to the same place even though there's no grass left. The sheep are totally dependent on the shepherd to provide for them. And really, we're just totally dependent on our shepherd, on God to provide for us, even our every breath, this next breath that you're about to take. Most of the time, though, it takes us getting to a place of desperation, true desperation, to realize that. And honestly, God is the only one who can provide the things that our hearts are truly searching for. Fulfillment, purpose, joy, peace. But we try to find our green pastures on our own. And it always leaves us empty. Are you feeling empty today? Are you tired of searching for green pastures on your own? You know, that's a great place to be because it forces us to surrender to the good shepherd so he can lead us to true fulfillment. Second, a good shepherd protects. Sheep are totally helpless without a shepherd. I, I mean, to predators, they're just big, fluffy targets wandering around aimlessly. But a good shepherd is always with the sheep, ensuring that they are kept safe, even from themselves. And our God, our good shepherd, is always watching over us. He never leaves us. He even protects us from the enemy's attacks that we aren't even aware of. And he also protects us from ourselves. Third, a good shepherd guides. See, sheep have no sense of direction. They will happily wander right off a cliff if left to their own devices. And if you don't believe me, um, have you seen this viral clip of a sheep being rescued from a ditch? Just watch this. <laughs> I mean, that's me. I will go right back to the same ditch over and over again, no matter how many times you pull me out. Have you ever found yourself right back in the same ditch again? You know, maybe you find yourself back in that same financial ditch with credit card debt, it just won't go away. Or that same relationship ditch that you're having that same argument, it just keeps circling back around, it keeps coming, I thought we talked about this. You know, it feels like you're stuck in the problems you thought you were free from. Those same character flaws just keep popping up again. But when we surrender to the good shepherd, his guidance frees us from the ditches and the ruts that we get stuck in, and he can lead us to a place of freedom. And the fourth thing is, a good shepherd corrects. A good shepherd will use their staff to correct a sheep that's heading off in the wrong direction. They have that, you know, long staff with the hook on the end. You'll see people get yanked off the stage for that. You know, it's painful. It's awkward. It's, it's uncomfortable at times, but it's for their own good. You know, and often the Lord will use painful situations in our own lives to keep us from heading down a devastating path. 
Hebrews 12, five through six says, and have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you for the Lord disciplines those he loves. Did you hear that? He disciplines those he loves. If you're a child of God, he will allow pain into your life to correct and protect you because he loves you. He's not against you, he's for you. You know, if I didn't care about my kids, I, I would let them do whatever they want. I would never discipline them because it wouldn't matter. But I, because I love them, and I don't want them to experience pain later on in life, I'll use discipline to correct and protect them. Some of you are going through pain right now because you're disobeying God. You tried to take the shepherd's staff and you're fighting against it and you're wondering why everything is so hard. And it's his loving discipline. He wants to redirect you from the self-destructive path that you're on. If you've hit a dead end or you're experiencing the pain of failure or rejection, it could just be that God's loving correction is putting you back on the right path. And to be honest, sometimes the scariest thing when we're heading down a destructive path is when we don't experience that correction. And we have to ask ourselves, okay, well, am I really a child of God? You know, God, am I really, have I ever even put, put myself under the guidance, protection, and correction of the Good Shepherd? In the movie Encanto, the family was trying to hold everything together, but it was only when everything totally fell apart that they could let go of their pride and rest in the blessing of deep connection. Sometimes God will allow everything in your life to fall apart because he doesn't want you to miss out on that deep connection. He'll let everything fall apart so that you'll turn back to him and he can start to put you back together better than ever before. To surrender to God's leadership, we have to realize that he is a good shepherd. He wants to provide for us, protect us, guide us, correct us. We have to trust that he wants what's best for us. You know, I'm not saying that when you follow the good shepherd with all your heart that everything will be easy. You know, that you'll have no problems. In fact, if you think following God should always make sense and be comfortable, I hate to break it to you, but you're probably not following God. You know, you should be honest with God when, it, when life feels unfair and it seems like he's nowhere to be found. There's no Bruno in your life that God doesn't know about, that God doesn't want you to talk to him about. You can pour out your questions, your anger and confusion, and he can handle it. You know, Psalm 23 is so calming and comforting, but most of the Psalms that David wrote are just him pouring out his despair, his anger and frustration at God. You know, why are you allowing me to go through this? All the time you'll find things like, God, I, this is hopeless. I'm at my lowest. Where are you? My enemies surround me. Where are you? Don't you, please don't, don't ignore me. But then he would always turn and say, look God, even though I don't like it, I know you're good. And even when I don't understand it and when I don't see it, I trust you. In just six years as a pastor, I have seen marriages restored and I've seen marriages end. You know, I've seen trust rebuilt and trust betrayed. 
I've seen families reunited and families divided. I've seen deep wounds healed and buried hurt explode to the surface. I don't know why some chapters in life end with hope and others with hurt, but I do know how the story ends. And I can also say that the times I have seen restoration take place have been when people submit to the guidance and correction of the good shepherd. Now, everyone is imperfect and prideful. So when you just see one prideful, imperfect person humble themselves before God and surrender, it's pretty miraculous. But when a whole group of prideful and perfect people choose to place themselves under the provision, guidance, protection, and correction of the good shepherd, miracles start happening. Look at the last part of verse three in Psalm 23. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When the good shepherd leads you on paths of righteousness, the paths aren't always straight. Sometimes they are winding and difficult and painful, but they always lead to a place of hope and a place of praise. This past year, my wife Kelly and I began a new adventure in parenthood by becoming foster parents. You see, years ago, we started to feel the Lord leading us to foster care. And after our oldest son went to be with the Lord, we knew it was time to say yes. Now, when we lost our son, it was horrible. There's no other way to describe it. But one good thing about grief is that it's an opportunity to learn well what God's voice sounds like. When everything in your life goes dark and everything gets silent, you can hear the whispers so much more clearly. So if you're grieving something right now, I implore you, don't waste this opportunity. There is no better time to hear God's voice. He's speaking to you right now. He wants you to experience peace, purpose, comfort, greater than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. I promise you. He wants you to, to taste and see for yourself and experience that he is good. He's not just a shepherd. He's a good shepherd. One day we got a call that a baby boy had been born prematurely and was in a NICU downtown. He had been placed into CPS care and was in need of a foster home. Immediately, Kelly and I felt that God was calling us to take this child into our home. And after several weeks, he was discharged from the hospital, and we were sent home with an oxygen tank and a pulse ox monitor because his lungs weren't fully developed. Now, this is when our daughters were two and one. So we were swimming in diapers and sippy cups and tantrums from our sweet, wonderful little girls. You know, it's fair to say that we said yes in a stage of life that looked like the ideal time to emphatically say no. To many people who, who love us and care about us, this probably looked like the worst possible time to foster a child. But we have learned that it does not matter what our situation looks like on the outside. We knew we were hearing the good shepherd's voice and we decided to obey. 
And let me tell you firsthand, if you know God's heart, if you listen to his voice and you follow him, if you trust and obey his voice in your life, he will do miraculous things that you didn't know were possible. You see, our oldest son passed away from a lack of oxygen. His lungs were underdeveloped. I held my son as I watched the oxygen levels on his pulse ox monitor slowly, slowly, slowly drop. I heard those beeps get louder and louder. I remember praying, begging to God, do something. Why aren't you making it stop? I know you can make it stop. But his blood, ex- his blood oxygen saturation level just continued to drop. As it dawned on me that my son had probably experienced permanent neurological damage and organ failure from oxygen deprivation, I found myself not knowing what to pray. I wanted to say, look, God, if you're not, if this isn't gonna happen, if you're not gonna heal him, then just make this go faster. I I can't, if he's in pain, I don't know. But I couldn't even bring myself to ask that because I couldn't, I didn't want, I wanted every minute I could with my son. It was agonizing, agonizing. And so we held him close as he finally took his last breath. And I'm telling you this because I want you to understand what your God can do if you just trust that he is good. If you had told us just four years ago, (laughs) the four years, I mean, if you just told us four years after this, this journey with Jude, that we would be foster parents, I wouldn't believe you. But if you had told me that through foster care, we would bring home a sweet, precious baby boy who was premature and needed, an oxy- needed to be on oxygen and hooked up to a pulse ox monitor while he was at home, I would have said that's impossible. Absolutely impossible. But nothing is impossible for your God. You know, after this, as a pastor, we, there were times we would do hospital visits and stuff, and I would walk into the hospital, and I'd hear those beeps and the, the sound of those pumps, and it, I would just start sweating. Those sounds would immediately bring me back to that NICU, with my, sitting in that chair with my son in my arms. Nothing used to terrify me more than those machines. I wouldn't even recognize it. I would just, I would do the beep, beep, and then it would just, like, I didn't know why. It was almost like a panic attack. Like, I didn't, I, I wasn't expecting it the first time I heard it. And now I'm bringing those machines into my home, listening to them as I fall asleep. I mean, it, it, it felt like, it literally felt like we were, going back into the valley of the shadow of death and just being like, all right, let's set up camp. This is great. You know, God, thanks. I remember turning on that oxygen machine and just trying to get this sweet little boy to drink from his bottle and just thinking, God, how am I doing this? I might as well have been walking on water. God meets you where he leads you. 
Wherever God guides you, he will give you exactly what you need in that moment, in that place. He provided healings. He provided healing for things I didn't even know I needed healing from. You know what used to be the most terrifying sound I have heard in my life? Became the best sleep machine I ever had. I mean, that oxygen condenser was just the perfect frequency. It wasn't too high, it wasn't too low. You know, it was just the right volume. I kept trying to find, you know, you can download like sleep machines on your phone, noise machines, like none of these are right. Nope, that's not it. I was sad to see that thing go several months later. I had trouble sleeping without it. More importantly, is I saw how God moved mountains for this little boy who could not even begin to understand what was happening around him. I began to get glimpses of just how my God moves mountains for me every single day. And I promise if you trust him, he will take care of you. That little boy is thriving now, by the way. My brother-in-law says he's the messiest eater he's ever seen and it's not even close. Like It's like maybe 12% of what's on his plate actually gets to his mouth. And somehow, it'll, like, some of it will end across the room or like on one of our other kids' heads or something. And, and, and that 12% is still more than what my two-year-old eats. It's crazy. It's nuts. That boy is strong and happy and healthy. And I believe many of you here today aren't even aware of what healing you really need. There's a rift in your family. There's turmoil in your relationships. There are entrenched behaviors, pride, that have made their way into your life that you don't even recognize anymore. All you know is that something is just robbing your joy over and over again. This is not about shame for not letting God lead you in the past. It's about believing for the joy that God has for you right now. And you can experience that joy today you have to talk about your Brunos. You have to admit your struggles and the things that you've been hiding. You have to admit to God that you need him. And you have to stop trying to control everything. Stop trying to control your narrative. You have to submit to the good shepherd's control. Maybe this is your first time hearing this or maybe you've been in church your whole life and for years and you never let it change your life. It starts with one decision, to put the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, in charge of your life. Then as you follow him one day at a time, he will lead you beside still waters. He will make you lie down in green pastures. He will provide for and protect you. You will find yourself comforted by his correction. The more you obey the good shepherd when it doesn't make sense, the more undeniable his goodness becomes. The more you'll experience his healing power in your life. I want us to bow our heads and pray. And if you've never received Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life and let him lead you, you can do that right now. Just pray this prayer silently to God and repeat after me. Lord, I admit, I'm prideful and imperfect. I'm done trying to be my own shepherd. I'm done 
trying to find healing on my own. I'm, I'm just done trying to control my own narrative. I want to experience the fulfillment, purpose, joy, and peace that only Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, can lead me to. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins and defeating death so that I could experience what I was made for, eternity with you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.